Trooper visits the antidote. And no, not the old school Canadian rock band. Yes. This is music with a difference. Guys, how about introducing yourselves? I'm Aaron Nicholas. I'm a vocalist and synth player for Trooper. I'm Eric, and I play guitar and do some singing. I'm Nick, and I play bass. I'm Max, and I play the drums. And I'm Jocelyn, and I play keys and sing. And you're the boss of the band, right? Yeah. I, I tell myself that. So you just have these other guys around just to carry stuff for you? Absolutely. I mean, a girl needs just kind of a montage of strong men. That's always helpful. <laughs> Jocelyn, Aaron, it's really good to see you guys again. The last time we spoke was at the Final Cornerstone Festival, and that's when you were performing as the La Delay. What happened? Why dissolve the band? Well, um, I actually went on a short-term missions trip to Guatemala, and while I was there, um, I don't know, something just kind of struck me, and it was this kind, the, kind of this idea of, I think I could do this, like, you know, missions work, I think we could do something like this, and then by the end of that day, it was, no, I, I think I should do this, and then when I, by the time I landed back in the U.S., it was like, I think we need to do this, like, and so I talked to her, and she's always had a heart for international work and development work, and um, this kind of opportunity came up to go teach music and English in Battenbong, Cambodia, and it was going to take us away for a year and it was the kind of thing where my brother's an incredibly talented musician in a band narrow arrow and um and we were just like we got to cut this loose and we'll just see what happens and in that time his band's been really successful and it's been really cool to see and cambodia was amazing and life-changing and definitely what we were supposed to do and so that was it really and just no no creative differences no tension or really it just phases of life bringing people apart and it wasn't just because nobody could figure out how to say La Delay. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that definitely played a role. <laughs> <laughs> but now you almost make it as difficult because Trooper is T-R-O-U-P-E-R, which is like an entertainer. Yes. No, we're not talking about military. And that was intentional because when we were thinking about, you know, a name, that's always the hardest part. I think of, you know, starting a new project and just the concept of the music Troop. The trooper, you know, by definition, is just a traveling performer. And so that's what we're doing and what we love to do. But at the same time, it has this double meaning of perseverance and just making it through different phases and hard times. And we just loved it and thought it kind of summed up where we were at. Well, there's not going to be any hard times for trooper. Of course not, but just in case. Why don't we talk about your first EP, Ziggurat? Yes. I said it right. Mm -hmm. I'm impressed by myself. I had to look that up. <laughs> it's a Mesopotamian temple. Yes. I guess sort of similar to an Egyptian pyramid. Why choose that for a topic? Um, they actually think the Tower of Babel was an early ziggurat. And so it just kind of talking about Cambodia and missions work and kind of all of these ideas about culture and life in the Bible and how they kind of all parallel ziggurat in the Tower of Babel just seemed to symbolize civilization and culture and first world development and this kind of idea of becoming gods and taking control of the world and how in the kingdom of heaven that's just so backwards you know and that's just not what we see and um and really the kind of the dissolution of ziggurat kind of that getting rid of the ziggurat and that mentality to build and cultivate and build our own kingdoms and our own civilizations and our own worlds and trying to be our own gods reach the heavens the holy p kind of resonates with that that kind of 
we got to run from that because that you know ultimately is going to lead to confusion and separation and you know, hardship and pain and suffering and all the problems we see in the world. Well, this was the new band. This was Trooper, but sonically, Cigarette sounded a lot like the Lot of Lay. And I think it's funny, you know, even I think in ourselves, when you're used to playing in a collaboration, sometimes you can't even tell kind of what sound is coming from what source. And so it, I think it's been a journey for us to even rediscover, like, what elements we bring to the table and figure out, you know, how we want to channel them and... Um, but it shows that, yeah, like we were the same people in Lotte and we still have the same influences, you know, coming into a new project. But, you know, and now having new members, that sonically has changed and become even more diverse, which we just think is great. I just heard a quote from a band that was interviewed. Their rule for the band room is like never having an endpoint you're trying to meet, but just fully accepting everybody's creativity because the blend at the end is going to be so unique. And so I think it's fun if you look at our discography that our earlier EPs may have been easier to identify with La Delay, whereas now I would be curious to see if people felt we were further away because we have so many more contributors at the table. You guys had brought up the business about going on missions, but you did a major thing. You guys went to Cambodia to teach music. How did that come about? It's one of those moments, I think, in life where a bunch of pieces all of a sudden come together in a timing that you couldn't have anticipated. I know for me, a lot of my educational background was in international development, but I always felt I had this duality inside of me where I loved international development and um, like social work, but then I was this artist and musician, and it almost felt like these two different worlds, and then all of a sudden to watch everything come together in this like perfect situation that I couldn't have created. I couldn't have even planned it. And I had a previous relationship with um, an organization called Asia's Hope, and they do orphan housing, um, familial orphan homes in Cambodia and Thailand. In Cambodia, um, there was a partner organization that came up and they were offering supplemental education. But in that culture, the arts are not anywhere in their educational system and you might just think oh they don't have art class or they don't have music but there's no original thinking no creative thinking so even in like language classes or writing it's all regurgitation it's not like write this story come up with an original thought it's not heavily pursued because that's not what they're training the country up to do yet I mean and and Cambodia is in a very interesting place developmentally and so this amazing you know, educational organization realized this is a valuable part of a well-rounded um, education. And they asked us to go and start a musical branch of this after-school tutoring. And so we came in and kind of felt out through the course of the year how to do that in the culture, which most of it, you know, every day would feel like a fail, but you'd come back learning, okay, so we can't do that, or this won't work, and figuring out, you know, scheduling in a country that's not run on time, you know, it's much more relational, and um, and then at the end of the year, the best part was we were able to identify a Kamai man who was a 
better musician than I am whose dream was to be a music teacher, but there's no jobs for music teachers. And he had always, you know, just worked and kind of just for free on the side would, you know, mentor musicians. And we got to ask him if he'd take it over and it's only grown under him. So we have the privilege and in three weeks, we're actually going to go back. We've been home a year now and um, we're going to go back and see where everything's at. Hopefully see our musicians. But it wasn't like Trooper close-up when you were there, because you guys did an EP when you were there. The culture that you were in must have been reflected in that. Yeah, I mean, Oahu is, that's what it's about. I mean, and it's only three songs, it, you know, with the music program and the culture and learning the language and things like that. Like, there wasn't really a lot of time, but it was nice because you had a whole year to kind of focus on things you wanted to say, and I think Oahu really reflects that. You know, it kind of plays off some of the ziggurat ideology with the song in our heads. Funerals is just kind of about, like, the life we had back in the States. Kind of reflecting on that death of the old self, but also this kind of weird way that that resonates with us in culture. Um, and then Sweet Child is, you know, we're working with orphans. And kind of this idea of being able to, like, take on that familial role, that parent role for kids that aren't your own, that aren't biological children, that aren't blood children, but yet you feel this deep love and affinity and and care for them. And um, ultimately coming back, you know, has made us want to be foster parents and kind of do more with that kind of work because we just learned that family can mean something other than just blood relative. So it was, it was great. Here's an abstract thought. What would you say would take precedence? Is it social work or would it actually be the music? I think, I think music is social work, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, definitely a different element inside of it. But I think one of the biggest things we learned in Cambodia, we would always tell the kids, you know, you could use these songs and these songs that you write, you know, they could take you somewhere. You could make money and you could be famous and you could, you know, impact your culture in really powerful ways with music. And they would respond, we just kind of want to learn how to play guitar for church. We just want to kind of learn how to play guitar for our friends and our family. And that really impacts you as a musician when you've been striving so hard for this kind of fame and fortune and lifestyle and, and you know, to be up on this pedestal and to make impact and to change the world with your music and to have these children be like, I don't really want to change the world. I just want to bless my community. I want to pour back into the people that have poured into me. And um, so really, I think they go very much hand in hand and, you know, where it's, yeah, this is the art I do, but music alone won't change the world. You know, we need hands, we need feet, we need to be the kind of people that impact and change the world outside of our art and in it. Going to Cambodia, it seems to be almost an impossible task to rebuild a country culturally because that's such an inherent part of who you are. Oh yeah, I could talk an hour on that topic. I remember waking up a morning over there and saying to Aaron, you know, we're watching like a culture reawaken and it's so amazing because there's some incredible organization well one incredible organization that we know of there's more and more all the time but Cambodian Living Arts popped up over there and they're multifaceted in one sense right now like they're trying to reclaim and rediscover the elements of their culture that were lost um, oh we got to go into this village outside of Siem Reap where an archaeologist had found a carving of an instrument on the ancient temples that he realized 
doesn't exist anymore, that they don't even know what it was. And they took the dimensions and compared it to what would have been popular in that time era. And they like rebuilt it and are integrating it into their Cambodian orchestras. And so we went with Cambodian Living Arts and got to like see and play this like harp. And it was just this surreal moment of like, this is huge, you know, and, and just how much that culture in a country is such a part of identity and hope and progress. And even though so often you can't measure the importance, you know, especially because right now there's not a lot of money coming off of arts the way that in affluent countries, people have enough money to throw at arts and throw at entertainment, you know, and, but watching how as they're rebuilding the glue that is aiding their development is their cultural identity. And, and so they're, a lot of their bands right now, they don't have original music yet. They have no copyright laws. So what's happening is bands are just relearning old stuff and just ripping it off or doing covers. Now, right now, it's almost still permissible because they're remembering. They're in like this kind of moment of we're able to remember where we were. It, it would be equivalent as if everybody in our, our life just Elvis was still the most popular person in the world, you know, or or Beatles, you know, or something like that. I mean, everyone still loves them, but that that was like the main person right now in culture. Um, but we're just starting to see the inklings of original thought entering into their culture again, where, okay, we're, we've remembered where we were, and now we're going to try to like take steps forward. And it's amazing to watch just music and the arts just in that role. It's incredible. So then you come back from Cambodia and you're almost reinventing Trooper again because you added these three fellas here. You guys can share about that. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm uh, Josie's brother. So I had been previously in more of like a hardcore metal band before and toured a lot. And so uh, definitely a different genre, but a genre I've always been passionate about as well. So um yeah, we had talked about doing it kind of randomly a few times, and uh, then, like they said, they finally invited all of us to come together and practice a few times, and it was kind of one of those things that just click very well, like ridiculously well, just like we just, before we knew it, had all these songs and rewrote all these songs and wrote new songs, and it was like, man, this like never happens. And even beyond the music, just like the talents and the connections and things from touring different places and knowing different peoples and genres and venues it's like everyone fit like a puzzle together to make kind of this cohesive musically and just um every aspect of the band so it's interesting and awesome to see that come together but then nick and max both you guys were added in too so what was the connection yeah um aaron and josie were both managing a uh, coffee house at the local church and they would have open mic nights and um, so Max and I just decided to come in, you know, every once in a while and just do some acoustic jams. Max would play a cajon and I would bring in my acoustic bass and we would just kind of riff on something for 10 minutes or so and um, struck up a, a friendship with them, continued to, you know, stay in touch. And right before they left for Cambodia, they were like, hey, you know, we know we're going to be gone for a year and a lot can change. Um, but if you guys are still in the area, you know, we'd love to get together and jam and maybe just kind of see what happens. And we were both all for it. And uh, so they, they came back. We ran into them randomly um, at church, you know, unplanned. We got together like a week or so after that, was just jamming, just seeing what was going to happen. And um, here we are. And it's been awesome. And I have to ask about so many people being related here. How many family battles get started? <laughs> 
Well, me and my brother, obviously, we're going to butt heads a little bit, but in a playful way. Physically? <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. No, it's more the verbal jousting that brothers have to do. <laughs> well, and if I can add something about Aaron and I were, like, building our mental dream team of, like, we want to be in a band again. These open mic nights, I've never seen anything like it. Nick and Max would come in as a bassist and a drummer and play sets as just like a solo rhythm section. They're, they're perfect. And so it's just, yeah, they're great. We can't say enough about just like their talent. And, and of course, Eric is my big brother. So I'm like, we need a guitarist. Who's the best guitarist we know? My big brother. Like, <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> Johnson sent me a copy of Trooper's new self-titled release. There, I guess it was just a couple of months ago that you did that really took me by surprise though i mean it carries some of the ambient atmosphere of the previous releases but it's really different i think one of the things we said going in was you know we're like we're gonna keep this trooper you know there was a talk about do we completely start something over like you know just out of honor that three new talented musicians are entering into this band which automatically is going to completely change the dna of a band and we communicated right away that this wasn't going to be, okay, like, write stuff to what we already have, you know, and, and we made a decision that, okay, we're going to keep this trooper, we're going to keep this, you know, this thing going, um, because, you know, in our hearts, it was already dear to us, you know, but we didn't want to put that expectation that, assuming it would be dear to them as well, but we all decided, let's keep this trooper, let's keep this momentum going, um, you know, let's see what this blend turns out to be, and, you know, the sound has definitely grown i don't i don't know what the the you know right verb is that i'm looking for but a direction that i think we're all very very pleased with developmentally though with the music who was all involved with that because you said this was a group project at this point let's talk to the guitarist (laughs) um it depends on the song for some of it um some like we've brought different things we've written separately together and then finish them and some of them were like the older trooper songs that we revamped as a full band so there was that um sometimes like they would bring lyrics and then we would write music or vice versa and different things like that so it's been really totally collaborative but in different ways for different songs so um and i think from this point on with what we have written now it'll probably be more everyone together all the time writing because they did have some stuff written and some of us had stuff written before so and when you come to a split decision on to do something or not who takes the reins we just break up (laughs) 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 no I, i mean i think uh we usually can come to a consensus on things. The, I think the heart of collaboration and part of the reason I love this group of musicians so much is everybody kind of comes surrendering their ideas. They kind of offer it up to the band in a lot of ways. And because um, I know I've brought songs that I had this one, you know, mentality for this is where I was taking it. And as soon as Eric, Nick and Max get on it, it totally, completely changes. You have to just let it go because it, they take it somewhere just better when you let that happen every time. And, and I think the same is probably true what they would say of us. They've, you know, I think especially playing some of the, like the older Trooper EP stuff, which is really heavily electronic. That's a huge surrender on their part. Also being such huge collaborators to Trooper now to have to take something that was a duet. Really, they don't have any creative investment in at the beginning. 
and just to accept that as something they were willing to work with even is a huge testimony i think to their their willingness to just be collaborators and be creative and be open to new ideas and concepts and every time we come to a consensus on something we're all looking around and you know it's like this is great like that felt good this feels right it's totally different than anything we would have expected but that's good i guess when you're writing the music usually whoever is doing the writing is looking at it from their own musical instrument perspective so that's going to be their focus for it sometimes isn't that difficult to get it evolved so it's actually is inclusive of everybody's talents yeah uh i would i would definitely say that's true i know for me personally I'm a bass player that likes to play openly. I love bass players that play in the pocket, and, and that's great. I'm a huge Getty Lee fan who plays so rhythmically, almost as if he were a guitar player. And so that's the way that I come about writing my own bass lines personally, and, and I'll bring it up to the band. Um, we actually have a song on the EP titled Blood Brother, and uh, it starts off with bass. And it was just one of those random things where I was actually playing it in Aaron's studio prior to rehearsal and we just continued to work on it and before you know it it became a full song so it's just one of those things where if it happens it happens but like Aaron was saying you know everyone is super chill and, and super open with uh, accepting ideas all over the place and just rolling with it and seeing what happens and thanks for keeping the bass up front <laughs> more bass the better Oh, yeah. I have to say the biggest surprise on the new self-titled EP is that Trooper offers up a radical change to Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. <laughs> Whose fault was that? I think I think it might have been my fault. Yeah, partially. partially. Yeah. But, you know, we're all members of various worship teams where we're from and always have been. And it's interesting, I think, because... Personally, I've always been really opposed to doing overtly Christian songs, hymns. Oh, I'm so with you. Yeah, especially just because I just feel like sometimes that just becomes such a like a tired practice. Um, you know, we were, we were talking about what's going to go on the EP because like Eric said, we had a pretty deep roster of songs to choose from. Um, for whatever reason, we all kind of, that one had made the list of songs we had kind of sketched out and were feeling kind of good about and and it really was a huge step I think for me personally I know for a fact to put a hymn on such a small EP because it takes up a fourth and uh, that's a huge statement I think but it's just the reality of who we are as people that was what I think finally came to accept was that we're not just Christians but Jesus truly is what we trust in ultimately and is the thing that's really made the biggest impact in our lives and really the biggest impact in the lives of people we've seen around us and you know we've watched so much heart and world change come as a result of that it just felt like the most creatively honest thing to do at the time um i don't know if we'll do it again i mean it's it's just one of those things that at the time it just made sense and we had something and we wanted to do it in a different way and so there it is i'm a nasty and opinionated person <laughs> and i don't hold back who else thinks that worship is overall is very contrived? Mm -hmm. What does it take to change that up? Well, and I would say, like Aaron said, the fact that we all are in, involved in worship in various forms and in various places back home, 
you know, we are putting together worship sets, you know, for churches and we're looking through, you know, this music and there are people I think who are um, inspiring, you know, individuals in kind of that, you know, worship market. And I think there are some that I, I feel like, you know, will rise above the others that seem a little more produced. I think every once in a while we catch a glimpse of someone that I feel like is such a breath of fresh air, um, you know, in just an area that I'm involved in. I mean, it's, it's an aspect of my life, even musically right now. And, and so I think, you know, putting that song on the album was even a tip of the hat to that of like, this is something we're all involved in. And this is maybe just our participation and like a, attempt at breathing a little bit of fresh air. Um, and, and even giving us something to, you know, throw into those worship sets, you know, back home and try to hone in our this the cynical side of us that just instead of criticizing, like maybe we should yeah. participate, you know, and, and maybe try to like throw our hat in the ring a little bit. But, but like Aaron said, you know, we don't really have plans if there'll be a lot more of that or not. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> then I have to ask, who's threatened to burn you at the stake for doing something like that? That was what was interesting. You know, I feel we've always been open in our personal faith, whether or not, you know, the band or the music has, you know, raised an obvious flag or not. But um, it was funny how kind of scary it even felt to do that, you know, even though I would say we've largely always kind of been a part of the Christian music scene, you know, and well, I don't think we've gotten a lot of feedback about it. I think people are just kind of like, oh, oh. Okay. Maybe that's because the uh, the people that had problems with it just left. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we're not getting calls that we might have gotten. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You brought up the point about being part of the Kirsty music scene. How many artists will actually say that? Um, I think this genre, it's less openly said, like, we are a band of Christians, but not a Christian band is like a common quote you hear or like uh, no quote, no comment or something. And maybe they say they are and it's like, really? <laughs> so um, that's one thing we had talked about a lot before we started this version of the band is just we want to do that. We don't want to be afraid to do that. We don't want to preach and be annoying about it and like things that we don't like about that that we've seen but we also don't want to neglect the opportunity to say that that's who we are too at the same time so you won't see us on stage preaching hardcore or being ridiculous like that but at the same time it is who we are but what about the self-titled is this just an overall testing of the waters i mean we're a new band really i mean this assemble has only kind of been working on and off together for nine months. And, um, and so I think everything we do at this point is testing of the waters, but EPs, especially that's such a small quantity of music. And so it's like, you know, we have so much other material that we've written and grown from. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's a testing of the waters, but I mean, everything is really at this point still. It, you know, it might be a good decade before a band really finds that sound. <laughs> You know what I mean? So I don't know. And and again, the collaboration element always throws a wrench in it too because you just never know what you're going to get on the other side of all of us and all of our thoughts on something and on, on a song or take on a chord progression or whatever. Well, idealistically, what would be the bright and cheery future for Trooper? Oh, that's a difficult question because I think we all have our different goals with this. Like, I personally want to do this touring full time. I think everyone's open to it. It's 
we're just taking it as it is. It's like each day it's a new adventure for us. It's like, oh, we got a show. We're going to do the show. It's like, <laughs> and then, yeah, let's write a full length. And what will happen after that? I don't know. We're just taking this journey one step at a time and seeing where it goes. And that's what's awesome about it. It's been a great time so far. And I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in the future with that. Thanks to Trooper for coming on The Antidote. Guys, I really appreciate it. It's been a great conversation. Every time's always a pleasure. You're our favorite person to talk with. <laughs> what a liar. <laughs> oh, come on. We don't tell that to everyone. <laughs> this is also the cutest band on the planet, yeah, because everybody is so nice. You guys are all precious, even hardcore. <laughs> exactly.